Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the NRL Hunter podcast. I am here with my good friend, Mr. Mike Milliken. Mike, how are you, sir? Pretty good, man. I, I smell steak right now. My uh, my buddy's cooking some steaks. My wife and kids are out of town, so I'm kind of baffling it up and um, just ready to do this thing. Nice. So you got a little bromance going on today. For all of our listeners that don't know who you are, let's give them a, a quick background on, on who Mike Milliken is. Most people know me uh, from the NRL 22 side of things, last year's National Championship Match Director. My background is I've military brat, uh, lived all over for the first few years of my life, and then uh, dad got out. I joined the military when I graduated high school and did uh, six years myself. Now I'm just all about the precision rifle game. Um, <clears throat> as a hunter, started hunting probably not long after I started walking. Um, I remember maybe even sometimes with my grandfather going where he carried me uh, on his back just to go hunting. Uh, I've hunted my entire life. And just about everything you could think about hunting in the this part of the southeast anyways um from squirrels to raccoons to large game with turkey and deer and coyotes and everything so um plenty of other creatures i'd like to get out after out here and i've not been on a bear hunt but they're not in my area and um obviously i would love to draw a gator tag but that's not in my cards this year um but yeah i mean we uh we hunt a lot out here. That's from September to February. That's pretty much life is just hunting. That That's so awesome. So hold on. Your grandfather would carry you out while he hunted like, like on like a, one of those kid backpack things or, or. No, like... I don't even know if those, I don't even know if those existed back in those days. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I'm aging myself here, but um, I'm not that old, I don't think. Um, let's see. He would put me on, and I would hold on to his head, so he would, like, piggyback carry me okay. to the stand or wherever, wherever he decided to, um, or decided to hunt. And mostly deer hunting, and I think he mostly took me places where he just wanted me to be in the woods. Uh, I remember I, probably one of my earliest memories hunting was we were grunted at by a deer walking out of the woods uh, one afternoon. And I was scared to death. I thought it was a bear. You know, I just thought there's a bear over there. And I was, I, I was probably three-year-old. And of course, you know, that was a, a good long-standing joke for, I don't know, probably until I was an adult. And then I lived it now. I don't have to worry about being scared of bear anymore. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, as as long as I can remember, I've hunted. Dude, that is freaking amazing. What? Um, okay, so you started before you could walk, but how old were you when you actually hunted? Like, you know, I don't know if it was with a rifle first or if it was bow or, yeah. or what it was, but how old were you when you actually pulled the trigger, so to speak? Um, I was probably five or six shooting squirrels uh, on actual hunts, not not shooting squirrels in the backyard. And I don't know, you know, I was 
pretty young when I first started shooting. So I may have shot a couple of squirrels as a little kid with a BB gun or a 22. Right. But uh, um, here uh, we used to, we actually used to raise dogs for squirrel hunting. Uh, we had a few world champion dogs. And um, yeah, I mean, I was shooting squirrels out on dogs probably around five or six years old and then um killed my first big game or my first whitetail uh at eight so nice um and you know what's actually funny about that whitetail is you know i listened to the the previous podcast where you guys were joking about uh pissing in a, in a gatorade bottle <laughs> right i killed my first whitetail when i killed my first whitetail i was standing at the corner of the tree stand pissing on the ground and my granddad says, you better zip it up because here they, here they come. And I just kind of looked over and there I am with my, my stuff hanging out. I reached for the rifle, didn't zip up, peed all over myself, shot the deer. And that's, I was like, as I was designing the stages for this upcoming match, I was like, how can I make someone live that experience? Because <laughs> it does, it does seem like, it does seem like if you decide to take a leak, it's always the worst time. You're either going to get busted or they're going to walk out and you're there with your junk hanging out. So, yeah, yeah, that, that has happened. That, that's hysterical, man. That is too funny. So hold on. I want to, I don't want to talk about your junk. I want to talk about squirrel hunting because squirrel, <laughs> squirrel hunting isn't a thing that I'm familiar with. I mean, I've seen some other, you know, like famous hunters talk about squirrel hunting and whatever, but I mean, squirrel, you're hunting squirrel for its fur or for its meat or for both or why, why do you shoot a squirrel? I mean, are they damaging yeah, the I mean, property or what? They do eat what deer eat. So there is a little bit, um, we, we don't have a problem as far as numbers of deer or anything like that so it's not like you're doing it for for uh, to help the deer have a better chance even though if you thin out your squirrels the deer will have a little better chance um but i guess i mean yeah we we i mean we've ate them we i'm always eating them there's been some interesting things we've done with fur but mostly just dry the tail out and let kids play with it you know it's not really much of a thing you, you're not doing much with the fur so yeah you can take the legs and the saddle out of a squirrel especially the back legs and uh fry them up just like buffalo wings or something like that and it's just amazing really um, i didn't i haven't got around to squirrel hunting in the last couple of years but i keep telling myself i need to pull out the 22 and, and put it toward flesh rather than steel because uh squirrel's amazing i mean it's it's really good of course i mean you were at the uh the national championship match when we ate the frog legs i mean there's a lot of things we eat out here in the south that people kind of i don't know raise their eyebrow to or turn their nose up to i guess but see like okay yeah i've had frog and i before i before i went to your match before i had it with you i've had frog before I've never mm -hmm. had squirrel. I've never had the desire to have squirrel, but I mean, I'm open to try just about anything, right? And and, and Brittany is too. She has a, a very wide palate, right? But 
yeah you know the the food or the delicacies or or cuisine whatever in the south is so much different than it is out here in the west i mean um yeah. you know squirrels i i heard raccoon is good um candy you know so have you do you eat coon do you shoot and hunt coon as well personally man i don't shoot anything unless i'm gonna eat it that's just my personal uh i guess thing that i hold over myself i don't which i think you know, is i've great. even eaten coyote yeah i've even eaten really? coyote if i've if i've shot them yeah if i've shot them i'm gonna put them to use i don't like to just waste animals now i do i don't like the coyote hunt because they don't really taste good right and i I have a hard time just shooting an animal just to shoot it. So I'm not a big coyote hunter, but a squirrel, I guess it's, it's, it, it doesn't like what people want to say it tastes like, it doesn't taste like chicken, but you prepare it a lot like chicken. So, you know, fried squirrel, like fried chicken or uh, squirrel and dumplings, like um, chicken and dumplings is they're really just the same thing. Um, they're just changing the meat, but it's a little bit, I guess it's a little bit earthier of a taste. Um, I, yeah, coon, you know, it, you kind of have to barbecue a coon to make it, I mean, smother it in barbecue sauce and cook it in a crock pot to make it taste decent. It's not bad. It's just really <laughs> greasy. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, that's, you know, you came to, to, to where we're at this past August and there's not a lot here. So, you know, we've learned to eat a lot of different things, you know, and there was a lot less here, you know, when, when I was growing up, I mean, this town didn't even have nothing better than a gas station, you know, and we've gotten some grocery stores and, you know, a Sonic now. So we got, you know, we're moving up in the world, but you know, yeah, it's, we're, we're just, we're used to, you know squirrel hunting coon i mean everything and then turning it to and put it in the freezer you know the only thing that i can think of that i probably won't put in the freezer that i've killed is freshwater drum and it's just they smell so bad that that i'm just not even going to try that right that that is so awesome i'm i'm a firm believer or you know, to, to right now, I haven't hunted or, or been able to harvest a whole bunch, but I'm a firm believer that if I shoot something, I want to eat it as well. When it comes to coyotes, I'm a little bit different with that because I don't know that I, I could eat a coyote personally, um, but I will yeah. shoot a coyote because of the damage that they do out here to livestock. And But that's, I mean, I think that that's really cool that you live by that mantra of, of you're going to basically eat what you, you know, what you harvest. Um, yeah. And that brings me, you know, to something that we were talking about the other day about your match. You have something. Well, first yeah. of all, let, let, before I get in there, let's tell everybody about your match. Well, what's going on? Where is it at? What can we expect? Because Southern hunting is a lot different than out West hunting. Way different. Yeah, it's way different. Um, I've not actually had the, the opportunity to hunt out West. Um, but, you know, through watching on TV and stuff like that, uh, you do see that those guys are not hunting out of stands. They're not hunting in hardwoods. They're not hunting, 
out of blinds very often. <clears throat> they're not, they're not doing the things that, that we do. You know, if, if we get out and we spot and stalk, we're just pushing animals. You know, we're not going to kill any, and very few people kill anything. And at least as long as I've been alive, nobody drives deer anymore with dogs. Um, I know my grandparents talked about driving deer with dogs, but we don't do that anymore. Not in this state. Um, so we have to find where they're at. We have to uh, try to get relatively close from the, to their bedding area to something that they need, whether it's water or, or you know, a bean field or even uh, just a group of does that seem to travel through because uh, bucks around here like to ambush does. So you try to put yourself in between them and their, their need zone or put yourself between them and their ambush point. And, you know, that's, that's how we hunt. Now, there's a lot of hunters that have the, you know, have the um, <clears throat> tree stand, or I guess the blind, elevated blind or ground blind set up on the edge of a field that can sit up there and watch, um, you know, for 500, 600 yards. They have either their own farm or farmer's permission to, to hunt there. And, that does happen. You know, there are some long, op long range opportunities, but for the most part, most people are shooting deer out here. 70 yards is, is, is a bit of a shot. And you'll hear some people even talk like, oh, I shot that deer and he was 300 yards away. And I'm, I almost want to roll my eyes because it's like, dude, unless you're on a farm field, you're probably not shooting 300 yards, not here. You know, it's, you're not going to see the animal. There's too, there's too much too many things in the way to pull the trigger on and the woods are fairly thick. So, um, you know, you, you're usually getting a 50 to 70 yard shot and there's most rifle shots that I've taken are within bow range. You know, um, a lot of people still like the, uh, the lever guns and, you know, the two forty threes and, and even I've know a few pump action rifles, things like that. Um, and those are fine but you know that's not what we do in our game so at my match my thought was well i want to put people in spots that's similar to what we do so i'm going to use tree stands and i do want to use ground blinds and i do want to use the difference you know introduce people to the difference between a soft blind you know a fabric blind that you buy from primos or whoever and a hard blind that maybe you buy from muddy or have or build yourself um you know have people shoot off from tree stands that are set up for rifle shooting with the support rail and have people shoot from tree stands that are set up for all hunting but don't have the support rail so then you've got to figure out you know how how you set yourself up on a non-supported deer stand and there's if you google deer stands man there's a hundred different ways people make them or hundred different ways you could make one. So, right. um, you know, there, there's going to be some very vari variation between the stands and things like that. Try to change it up. And then I want people to utilize what they have, what they bring and find ways what they, if they're going to hunt in the Southeast, what can they use and what is going to be a, just a, piece of gear that they're not using because i'm every time i go in the woods there's something that i've got that i don't ever pull out you know it's right. just i have it 
in case I need it, but I don't ever use it usually. So, see, I, I think that that's awesome because I've been in in hard blinds before, um, mm -hmm. you know, deer hunting with some with some bets and things of that nature. Um, I've never been yeah. in a soft blind. I've never been in a tree stand. So for me, I'm super excited to get out there to learn a new skill set, I guess. Um, yeah. And to see how that works because I've never done it. I've, I've, I've never seen it other than on TV, you know, besides a regular blind, a, yeah. a solid blind. I've been in there, done that. Um, but as a cameraman, not as a, not as the actual shooter. So it's uh, like, honestly, like, blind like solid blinds they don't really do a lot for me you know no yeah i got you because there's a lot it seems like the ones i've been on there's a lot of sitting around um and i don't know if that's how it always is but the, the tree stand that seems like you have to be a little bit more stealth and a little bit more um aware of what's going on because you're out in the open right yeah and you know the two, I guess the two biggest differences between the tree stand and the ground blind in this part of the country anyways, is if you can get elevated, you're getting your scent off the ground. And by getting your scent off the ground, you know, then a lot of it will kind of float up and disperse. Okay. <clears throat> and when you're on the ground, you're just pushing that scent along the ground where the animal is walking. So, you know, there's, I would say ground blinds are better when you're going to have longer shots this, this past year, you know, when I hunted, I would carry a soft blind and a tripod and I would just sit in the blind over a, you know, a field on public land is mostly where I hunted this year, this past year. But, um, I tried the year before to carry in a stand and, and, um, like a climbing stand, which I'm not going to put anybody there in the match on a climbing stand, but, um you know i climb up and and sit there and yeah there's a it's a lot of sitting around you know it's it's a lot of waiting and there's been plenty of times where i might not see nothing but i catch a great nap <laughs> you know it <laughs> does get boring um if you're really in tune and you're really paying attention uh the you learn in the south to read the other animals you know a blue jay will tell you if something is near what it likes to eat you know they'll now they'll be screaming at squirrels all day long but if you key in on it like okay there's a blue jay you know that blue jay is losing its mind so that's either a squirrel or a deer there you know uh squirrels bark at everything but they can kind of tip you off like there might be something coming um there's i've had it all man i've had I've had dogs run deer out on me. I've had everything, but you kind of pay attention to what's going on and you learn a lot. Um, this year I actually didn't kill an animal, but I, uh, but I learned a lot, you know, uh, just, you know, how are they moving in and out of this area? How are they, how are they using the ground? And, and they tell you a lot when you can just sit and watch them. Um, in the West, I mean, I don't know, you know, I would imagine, you find a herd and then you're like, okay, now let's, you know, my mind says I found a herd and I let's pick out what I want to shoot. Maybe that's not how it goes, but you know, I, for here, man, you could, 
you probably don't want to pass up too many animals. There's plenty of animals out there, but you probably don't want to pass up too many because they may be the only thing you see if you really want to get a kill or, you know, if you're, I'm not a trophy hunter, but if you, you know, if you're a trophy hunter, you better find a way to put yourself on that trophy animal or you're just not going to see it because right. um, you're going to be sitting still. And here, like I said, if you want to, you know, if you want to get out and walk around, you're just pushing animals, man. They hear better than you hear. They smell better than you smell. You know, the advantage you have on a deer is your sight. And I mean, I guess if I smelled, you know, a threat coming from a thousand yards away, I'm probably going to leave, you know, right. so. So, so it, it, I mean, it, it's a, a lot different. And I, I think, you know, one of the big things with the NRL Hunter Series is education. So, yeah, you know, when you're talking about listening to the animals and watching how the animals move in and out of an area and, um, I mean, even learning how to be patient, you know, because the, the couple of times that I've been in a stand, you know, you get you get antsy, right? You like you want to stand up and you want to move around, but even even that movement with any kind of noise can can screw up your hunt. So Oh yeah, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be patient, you gotta be careful. I mean it's hard for it's it's hard for everybody. It's it becomes um a mental game, I would say more than for me anyways, becomes a mental game more than anything. Sometimes, you know, you get really bored and you're sitting there and you've been there since, I don't know, 530 and it's 830. You've been sitting there for three hours and the woods are just coming alive, you know, and then about that time you really want to get up and you really want to just stretch for a second. But that's also the time you really need to just stay put, you know, and then you give it about an hour and sure, you know, you can probably stand up and, and stretch for a second and look around. It's, it's, it's hard to stay still. I mean, it, it really is. And it's really hard to stay patient. Um, you know, knowing, knowing what the animals are doing helps, you know, you can kind of plan around, you know, what you're doing. Like I said, I'm not a, not a big trophy hunter. I don't, I've never eaten a, an antler a day in my life. So, um, and that's, for me, it, hunting is about food, um, food yeah. and, and, and friendship, you know, cause I, I would prefer to hunt with someone rather than hunt by myself. Um, right. so, you know, I'm probably not going to shoot the smallest animal that, that, you know, that walks out, but I'm not going to pass up very many, um, as long as I'm within my legal right to take an animal, like, you know, here, I forget the numbers, but in this part of the state, I can kill three does a day from September until uh, mid-January. What? And yeah, it's insane. We have a lot of deer. Like the biggest competition for deer, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you got to kill the coyotes. You got to, you know, thin out the foxes and fawn predators. But we have so many deer here that you you don't have to do any of those things because the biggest threat to the deer are the deer you know they're eating each other's food um and we have so many farm fields they couldn't eat enough food to matter you know that that's um, insane dude hold on three deer a day i don't even see three deer three, when i go hunting in california bro 
we can kill three does a day in in my area of this state and two bucks throughout the season unless you draw a bonus buck um through on a wma a lot of the wmas here if you draw then you're that's that's your bonus buck because most of the wmas are buck only hunts so um so uh, this last two years i've drawn at a certain wma and you know if i kill a buck there then i still get to keep my tubes back home um i can't kill a doe there but i can still kill all three does you know when i get home and my i didn't kill any animals last year but my freezer's never been empty i don't I don't know what an empty freezer is. So dude, that is awesome. That is so cool. Oh yeah. Okay. So what so one of the things that we talked about, you know, for those of you that don't know Michael or Mike, when you get to know him, you'll you'll kind of see he is um he is generally one of those guys that wants to make sure everybody's having a good time and trying something new. I mean, he goes out of his way, bar none, to make sure everyone has a smile on his, on his or her face. So naturally, my question to Michael is, is okay, what are we going to do at your match to make it unique? Because I know you got something planned. And I remember when you, when you told me, you kind of chuckled, and then you told me that you're going to do what? Okay, well, there's a few things there. Um, so, yeah, you did hit the nail on the head. I may not be the best shooter out there. I'm definitely not the best shooter out there. I'm probably not the best match director out there. But one thing that I am, I pride myself on is making sure that everyone is having a good time. And if someone's not having a good time, I want to fix that situation or find out what I'm doing wrong. Yes. You know, if there's something, if there's something I could do, that's, that's me. So that being said, uh, I threw some ideas together. I think the first one was um, one thing that I want to buy is the, uh, the coonskin caps for the winners. Oh, I thought uh, that was a secret. Anyway, I wasn't going to bring that up. Uh, well, there's one secret to that. I won't go there, but, okay. um, but I didn't want to just buy, I didn't want to just buy coonskin caps. Like you can probably get at every, you know, gas station coming in, in and out of the state of Tennessee, because everybody's, you know, everybody knows Davy Crockett being a Tennessean. So, um, and you know, his hat, all that stuff. So I didn't want to buy the fake coonskin cap. So I was like, all right, let's see what I can get. And then I found real coonskin caps. And then I found a real coyote skin cap that is full body tail, all the legs, head, everything. <laughs> and uh, I'll go ahead and give away. That's that, I'm going to give that away to the the number one overall shooter at the match. Now, um, one thing I want to say to the shooters that are interested in shooting: don't let a good shooter discourage you from showing up, because I want everybody to learn something. Uh, that's my number one goal. Whether it's learn how to shoot out of a stand, learn how to shoot from a blind, learn what gear to take, learn something. Uh, and then going into that learning, uh, another thing that I do a lot for a lot of people is process their deer and well, pretty much anything they give me. But, um, so I was thinking about it and I said, you know, every one of these matches, 
there's probably going to be some sort of train up and it's going to be, you know, how do you use your range finder or, you know, how do you, um, you know, shoot with proper mechanics, whatever, you know, Right. So I thought, you know what, you know, what I, what I get a lot of is mistake um, cuts and, and bad butchering, bad field dressing, uh, bad skinning, you know, just, just a lot of mistakes from people who bring me animal or bring me meat. Um, I tell most people just bring me the field dressed animal and I'll take it from there, you know? Um, so I thought, you know, that's something that people can learn. So we're going to, now legally i can't have deer unless i purchase farm-raised deer and that would be outrageous but but i can purchase goats and actually have a farmer um that shoots nrl 22 with us who's hooking us up with some goats and uh so he's giving us a few goats we're going to purchase a few more goats and um we're going to humanely slaughter one goat and i'll do a field dressing class and then we'll carry that on into a skinning class and then we'll go into a butchering clash um, with an animal we've already gotten chilled. Um, and that way we can show you how to break the, the animal down into sections and then show you, you know, what we're going to do with these sections. Really mostly geared toward deer. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference between deer and goat as far as what you're looking at and how you're butchering it. Butchering it. So you know, and then maybe I'll get into some fancier cuts and things like that. Um, if I can round up the tools to do it. Um, so yeah, you know, I want people to, you know, hear, man, we not a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of newer hunters that take their deer to processors and meat plants and things like that. But most, most of us don't, man, most of us just hanging up on something, a tree limb or in their barn and just go to town and do everything from you know start to finish and dispose of the bones um so and that's what i want to teach people how to do properly in case you know because i mean i can't fathom paying someone and it, it's about probably about a hundred hundred bucks to get an animal process you know i've already paid the state 165 to hunt here um i've already paid you know my gas getting to where i'm hunting um probably bought ammunition you know paid a range fee somewhere to make sure my gun's set right you know start adding these things up that extra hundred bucks that animal's no cheaper than beef you know so then it takes the economics out of hunting so you know taking the animal down saving yourself a few bucks and then feeling a little bit of pride you know from being able to do it you know and not be afraid of it because that's what most people's problem is with um processing animals like oh i don't know i don't know what i'm doing well you you can't mess up hamburger i can promise you that and <laughs> you can mess up hamburger. worst you know the worst thing you know the worst cut can always go in the ground pile so yeah as long as there's no fingers in it right well yeah you can definitely yeah you know, there's one way to mess up a hamburger i mean it'll eat probably but it'll right but. so hold on so this <laughs> this portion of your match to me is is super exciting because just like what you said i want to be able to process my own meat i want to be able to butcher it yeah. myself i want to be able to do all that i have no idea where to even start so 
in your class that you're going to be doing, is this going to be like a hands-on class where, you know, whoever can come up and learn how to do it hands-on, or is this going to be just a, a demonstration for everybody to kind of, you know, watch in a very close proximity or, I mean, how, do we have it'll any really kind of, it'll really, yeah, it'll really, really depend on our numbers, you know, um, you know, I want to have, I want to have goat on the pit. Um, we're going to barbecue the goats as well. We're going to take them all the way from hoof to belly, you know, Heck so yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun, but, uh, I want to, I want to be hands-on as much as possible so if i can do more describing and pointing than i am cutting would be great but it's gonna you know if we've got 50 people in that class you know and i've got maybe three animals that we're processing yeah and it it's gonna be hard to put 50 hands so yeah so you know we may be able to get some people to put their hands on a knife and say hey look this is the cut and then really show everybody hey this is the cut you know this is where you want to take this scene down stuff like that so <clears throat> i want to be as hands-on as possible it's just going to be you know how many people do we have and you know let's see what we can do with that, that um because awesome. it's i mean that's just less work for me <laughs> <laughs> but i mean besides being less work for you that's a greater education i know I know personally, yeah. I learned better hands-on, you know, um, if you tell me how yeah, to me do too. it, yeah. yeah, if you tell me how to do it and get, get into it, I'm all about it, but, you know, again, my, my biggest fear is I don't want to waste any of that resource. I don't want to cut something wrong yeah. and, and have it contaminate the meat or, or leave too much meat behind or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, and once you once you get the guts out of the animal, you know, heart, lungs. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm I might save a few hearts, and we might grow some hearts. I'm not sure yet. Let's I'll do have it. To look at them, but it's delicious, man. It really is. Um, but yeah, I like to keep the heart, liver if it's not shot. Um, and I don't shoot livers typically, but usually I lose a heart because I've shot it. Um, but yeah, there's once you get the guts, the the digestive system out of the animal and the urinary system out of the animal, then you're probably not contaminate the meat. You know, I mean, I, you've probably even seen like Steve throw his animal over in the grass. Steve Ranella, I yeah. said Steve, like I know the guy, um, <laughs> throw his animal over. Let the blood spill out. You know, he, he's getting grass all over it. You're not contaminating nothing, man. No, nothing on that grass is going to hurt you once you cook the animal to temperature, which is strongly recommended for most animals. Venison's, you know, you can get away with a lot more. But um, with, um, with that, man, there's some, there's some things that you can do, like remove glands and things that are up in the hams of animals that, will improve the taste, but will also completely cook out of an animal, you know? So okay. if you want a roast, then sure, you need to remove the gland. If you're just cutting that sucker for steaks, you know, 
then you can pretty well cut around that gland and, and remove that spot. If you're wanting to cook a whole leg, you're not going to dig in there and remove the gland, but you're also never going to notice it was there, you know, once it's, uh, once it's barbecued 210 degrees and the meat's falling apart, you'll, you'll never even notice it was there. And people eat it all the time with, uh, you know, pulled pork or, you know, anything like that. They don't even realize a ham, Christmas ham, there's a gland there. You don't even know it's there and you huh. just eat right through it and don't even know. So, um, so it's not a, it's not a huge deal, but if you are cutting out roast, you might as well remove it. You don't want, it, it looks gross more than it does taste gross. Right. Okay. So, so speaking of, speaking of taste, I've never had, okay, hold on. I've had antelope, which I know is a, is a goat, right? Um, yeah. But I've never, and I actually ate the antelope part at a hunting camp that some guy shot, but mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had like true goat meat. You know, I've had the heart, but like yeah. as far as the red meat portion of a goat, I've never had it that I'm aware of. What does goat taste like? Because some people are like, you know, again, they're they're all about it, and other people are kind of like, yeah, no way I'm trying that. But so yeah, and my knowledge in, in goats is not vast, but um there are there are goats that really are mostly from for dairy you know just for their milk right and they're not good to, they're just not good to eat uh they, they just don't taste that great um there's goat that is raised just for their meat um and as long as you don't stress the animal it's the same thing with hunting man i mean you can kill a you can kill a whitetail and if it runs for a long time it's going to taste bad so as long as you don't stress the animal and you bleed it out quick um it should taste fine as far as meat goats and we're only getting meat goats for this match um you know there's some other goats out there and you know i had probably more goat in iraq than i had here but i have eaten it here and the way we've always done it here is just you know build a fire and cook it on a pit and let it shred and it's you know most people come back for seconds uh, I can say that, you know. There you go. Well, I know that so. at your at your twenty two match, your frog legs went like hella fast. They were like, fast. Yeah, like yeah. we didn't have enough frog legs, and and we were worried that people were even going to eat them, and they were gone in two seconds. Yeah, and that's that's actually exactly the same way I do um, squirrel legs as well. I like to just roll them in cornstarch man and just throw some seasoning on them like a spicy seasoning or a uh buffalo sauce uh and fry them suckers up man you're making me hungry i still smell <laughs> that steak <laughs> nice nice okay so we're getting authentic coonskin kyle hats to the winners which is yep. huge that's awesome we're getting to learn how to process from a hoof to to plate some what you know some yep. goats you know wild game um we're going to be shooting from blinds we're going to be shooting from tree stands um i mean this sounds like one hell of an event but you also got some live entertainment going on yeah yeah so you know man there's not a lot out here so um i thought man you know people shoot a match and some people might want to go to Nashville and hang out 
go, hey, have fun. You know, that's going to be fun too. But I thought, why don't I bring Nashville to the range? So I contacted Nathan Perry and the Nathan Perry band and brought them down again. Um, you know, and, I mean, you know how we do things around here. We'll have plenty of beer. We'll have plenty of time to hang out. Um, I'm going to camp the entire weekend. You know, I'll probably go home Sunday night, but uh, I'm going to camp the whole weekend, manage the pit and just have a good time and i i strongly recommend anyone who wants to bring a tent or camper or whatever you want come do it we've got room we're definitely not short of room as far as that goes and um yeah we'll just have fun we'll sit around a fire and drink some beers and tell some lies that that's awesome man that's awesome that sounds like such a great time and i i really hope i know i mean i know tennessee's kind of far for a lot of the people out west over here but i hope a lot of western guys go out to tennessee um to try this new experience because i don't i don't know that a lot of them have shot in these type of environments before and that's one thing that i really love about the hunter series is the places that we picked to have matches the geographical terrain uh the topography of everything is so unique. Every time you go to a match, you're learning something new. Um, and if you could go to Tennessee and you can shoot deer that often and that much, I mean, that might be, you know, a lot of fun for some some out-of-towners to learn how to do all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know what's great with, you know, with our match is, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have to Shoot in a in a southern style, you know, with like I said, the the blinds and the stands, and and probably maybe a stalk stage. But even though we don't really stalk a whole lot, but um, but I want it to feel like um, deer camp, I guess you would say, should should feel like. So I want I want people to come hang out have some you know, live music is probably not at most deer camps but we'll have some fun with that and um you know just hang out and we've got some we've got some pretty good uh shooters coming out that uh that are from the area that i, I would i think you would learn something from too if you if you can be near them and around squads i don't plan on, i know some people have asked me i don't plan on really squatting people i think it's just sort of hey you know one through five go to stage one you know 10 whatever through 15 go to stage right. three you know and then just make your way through it, it we did that for the uh nrl 22 samurai match uh, two months ago and man it worked out so so well i mean people just walked in shot went to the next stage and we had one dude flip his vehicle before he got here and was the second person done i mean he yep. started late second person done so yeah we had fun and, and we'll have fun here too um let's see if you haven't um if you haven't given nathan perry a a listen yet or you weren't at the national championship 22 match which i'm sure most of them won't be or weren't there um you can check him out on spotify um that's the only place i have him on my phone right now is spotify but um he's got good good class kind of a classic country sound it doesn't sound like the new age country that is played on the radio so he's got country you can dance to 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I think he'll bring Jake Blue. Jake Blue probably with him. And uh, Jake, I have to make sure. He's a lot of the Tyler Childers and Tyler Childers and um, um, what's his name um, from the Steel Drivers. Uh, the oh, Chris Stapleton, he's he's he plays a lot of this like Stapleton and stuff like that. So, cover songs, but still really good songs. Um, and he may even have some original stuff out there, I don't know yet. Nice, it sounds like it's gonna be one hell of a one hell of an event, one hell of a party. It's gonna be a good time, man. Oh, yeah. And for the people who are a little bit afraid of goat, don't worry, we'll throw some pork in there. And if if you don't like goat, and you don't like pork, I don't know what to do with you. I mean, there's a <laughs> gas station down the road. <laughs> okay, hold on. What? No frog legs? Maybe. I, I can probably make that work. Okay, hold Who on. Who knows, here. man? I, I If I shoot a squirrel, are you going to teach me how to how to process it and cook it? Oh, that's that, that's easy. Yeah, that's easy stuff right there. It's not squirrel season. It just ended. Um, ah, bummer. But... And, and you don't want to shoot spring squirrels. Um, there are some spring squirrel seasons in certain states, but you don't want to shoot spring squirrels. You don't want to shoot summer squirrels because they're typically uh, wormy. Yeah, um, they have. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that anything's going to hurt you, but it's just not really fun to deal with. I have to deal with a worm and, you know, bot fly larva or intestinal worms, either one. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into any of that. No, we don't, but it, we, we, we don't need to talk uh, about the insects. I was trying to be brave to say I, I eat squirrel. <laughs> now, now you're talking bot fly and larva and all that shit. No, I'm nah, Asian, I'm, bro, but I'm not have some, all that. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't need it. But um, I may have some squirrel in the freezer. We'll just have to bring it out there. Uh, it's not bad, man. The hardest part about squirrel, the worst part about squirrel, and probably the part that turns the most people off on squirrel is their hair pulls out really easy. So you really have to take your time to get the hair off the squirrel. Now, if you watch squirrel cleaning videos, like if you go to YouTube and you look up squirrel clean videos, I guarantee you someone's going to say, this is a hair-free method. There's not a such thing. You're going to get a hair on that squirrel, on the meat. But if you'll take your time, you'll clean it off, and then, yeah, the squirrel's fine. It's, that's the part that, you know, my wife, when when – I got married her. She's from the West. So she's from Washington state. And when I married her, I made a point to do some of these redneck things that I do <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, cooked up a bunch of squirrels. And, uh, and she was like, I don't know. And then the first thing she did, she bought a, she took a bite and there was a hair there and it took me probably a decade to get her to eat squirrel again. So yeah, it's, I get it. You know, that's awesome. That's all. I'm not, I'm not as, you know, I'm not scared of a hair here or there, but I don't want to see no bot flies and worms and shit like that. No, no. Bot flies are not bad, but the intestinal worms will freak you out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if we get into any of that, just keep it away from me. I, I'm not into yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing. Uh, people probably need to bring uh, uh, bug spray and, and do well about keeping ticks off of them. I mean, ticks are a common problem out here. They do carry some parasites. The worst one I'm hearing about, uh, there's a certain tick that carries a disease that makes you um, makes you 
not allergic, but makes you feel sick when you eat red meat. I have no idea what that's about. And luckily huh. I haven't contracted anything like that, but yeah, ticks is probably going to be your biggest worry out here. Um, Bug sprays. Will be out. Yeah. Get, yeah, get some good DEET and some good strong yeah. DEET and spray yourself down. Just, just be prepared. I mean, that's, that's hunting, right? I mean, we're trying to, to make real yep. hunting scenarios and this is what it is. Yep. So. For sure. I think um, I think most most people that hunt in the warmer months are going to be carrying, you know, some type of insect repellent and, you know, maybe even a mosquito net or something of that nature. I don't know how bad mosquitoes get out there, but you know, just be prepared. I mean, they're just they're not Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, I they're going to be there, but they're not. It's not Louisiana. It's not Alaska. You know, it's not terrible with mosquitoes. Um, they're there. The um, it's it's turkey season so the turkey hunters know know how to deal with this this ticks and the mosquitoes for sure but um i guess turkey season is youth seasons this weekend yeah youth seasons this weekend so the next weekend will be the opening weekend right after easter nice awesome man well i know you you guys are uh, making some steaks up over there and i know it's getting yep. about to be dinner time out here for me is there anything else that we need to tell our listeners about your match and what they can expect? Uh, you know, I feel pretty good about it. I think um, one of the big things is just if you have any questions, feel free to email me or hit me up on Facebook Messenger, or Instagram Messenger, any of the things that I'm on. Um, and I'll try to answer your questions as fast as I can. Um, you know, bring a good attitude. Um, be ready to deal with april weather it could be anything you know we could have downpours or we could have 80 degrees we just don't know um yeah and then it's gonna be an adventure bring something yeah yeah just come out and have fun that's the big thing and and i really want to say again bring a tent come hang out that sounds let's, let's cool. make this deer camp yeah so a couple couple other things um we have a few loaner rifles that are still available. Yep. So if you're thinking about trying out the NRO Hunter, um, go to the nrohunter.org website, fill out the loaner rifle program submission. If you want to try it, but you don't have the gear, we're more than help, happy to help you with gear. And that's any gear. We have uh, rifles, range finders, binos. Um, you know, we have just about anything that you'll, you'll need, uh, shooting bags. Um, and if you want to come out and you want to use your rifle or your gear and it doesn't quite meet the rules for the NRL hunter, then join up for the basic program. Come out and, and learn. You could use whatever rifle, whatever ammunition you have. Um, you know, your score won't count for, for season points or ranking, but you're going to come out and you're going to learn. You're going to have a good time. You're going to meet a bunch of, of new people and you're going to have a great experience. So it's well worth it. Um, you know, there's not many places that I know of that you could do all of that for this price in a weekend, and it's going to be a great time. I can't. Uh... Yeah, and talking just to expand a little bit on that uh, that basic class. Um, at least at my match, I'm not excluding anybody from anything. You're going to be there for basic, whether you're basic or not. Just come eat with us. Yeah. Come enjoy the time. Come learn. Come shoot and in 
especially around here, if you're worried about the competition aspect, go ahead and sign up for the basic class and just come learn because there's going to be some shooters out here that you can learn a lot from by watching. I'm sure there's going to be some shooters that are going to teach me some things. I hope there is. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, we got so we got people from federal coming. I just talked to them yeah. today. We got people from Bushnell coming. We got people from Gara coming. Um, there's going to be a, a wide variety of skill sets out there, and you know the competition aspect of this. The only competition is, is you. You know, and what I mean by that it is, should, yeah, is just come out here to better yourself. If you walk away from this weekend you know, in the middle or at the end of the rank, whatever, none of that matters if you learn something and you become a better, more ethical hunter than you already won. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just it. Yeah, I want to find, like, yeah, if, if it were me and I was a shooter, I would want to find out what my max effective range is and all the targets are vital, yes. vital zone size. Even though they're shaped like animals, they are vital zone size. So... I should be able to find out what my max effective range is. You know, if I'm hitting targets pretty common at 300 yards, but I'm not as 100% at 400 yards, then I'm going to say my max effective range is probably 300 yards, and I need to yep. close the distance to yep. the animal at 300 yards, wherever, I, wherever I'm at. And um, you were talking about the shooters coming in. Uh, we have two shooters coming from the Army's marksmanship unit. Uh, yep. Nice. Out of Fort Fort Benning, Fort Benning. and uh, Cliff Reeser, uh, I believe yep. uh, Reeser Precision will be there. So nice, yeah. That that's awesome, man. That's dude. I'm coming all the way out to Tennessee to learn how to skin a goat, bro. <laughs> dude, it's gonna be that's gonna be an it's, it's gonna be fun. I I I want to see faces. Yeah, I want to see how that goes, but that's like, going to be fun. Yeah. Like, no offense. I've been at shooting matches. I've been, I've probably been to more shooting matches than 90% of the people, you know, th that are in this sport just because I, you know, it's my job, right? Yeah. I've never learned how to skin a goat. So this is going to be something brand new experience for me, you know, processing a, a, an animal and the whole, I do that. That's what, that's what I'm all excited about. And then I get to, you know, possibly shoot a couple of rounds for fun with some of my friends. Heck yeah. I'm, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to leave this match and you're going to go buy a knife set and then you're going to go buy a grinder. And um, probably if you don't already have it, a vacuum sealer and you're going to be set, you can process anything with those things. I, I, I got a vacuum sealer. So, and I've got some good knives. Um, a meat grinder I definitely need and the education I need. That's that that's what I'm all about. Yeah, and I wanna I wanna add yeah, I wanna add to that. Some just I'll give some tips in the class, I'll give some some tips and tricks and things like that. Some things that I do to make a lot of people really happy that are really nervous about trying deer for the first time. I'll 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 go into some of that stuff too. Yeah, I'm I I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a really good fun match. And then um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the crew and and doing the whole tent thing sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I, I hey, I'll rough it. I, I won't if I can camp out and I don't need to shower for a week. I'm good, but I got to make sure my camera crew and those guys are gonna be comfortable too. So uh, yeah, yeah. But definitely, definitely try to camp out if you can. That's what this whole thing is. And the camping part, you know, if you guys you know, ever plan to do a backcountry hunt, 
where you have to camp in your gear. That's what this is for. Bring your tent, bring your sleeping bag, bring everything that you plan on carrying on that backcountry hunt and, and do it as if it's a real hunt. Yeah, there's a main road, you know, right, you know, a couple hundred yards away. Pretend it doesn't exist. Treat it like a backcountry hunt because that's where you're going to find out, hey, do I know how to set up my tent proper? Do I know how to do this properly? Is this tent too big, too small, not warm enough? Um, you know, you're going to find out a lot about yourself when you actually put yourself in that position. There's a lot of guys out there. I'm guilty of it myself. They go out and buy, you know, whatever looks nice and fancy, but they don't take the time to learn how to use it proper. This is that time. Learn how to use hope all, it all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it rains. I hope we, I hope we test everything. You know, that's probably like, you know, if I'm going where I'm going to camp somewhere, like, am I prepared for the rain? Am I prepared for heavy winds? Yep. You know, and if, man, if something happens and it's, we wind up having bad weather or we wind up, you know, heavy winds, man, we can pile in that office and throw some cots down sleeping bags. We'll be fine. You know, kumbaya, yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Or build a bigger fire. Yeah, build a bigger fire and see if we can catch somebody on fire. Try not to anyways. <laughs> well, okay, everybody out there that, that hunts, not everybody, a lot of people out there that hunt watch the shows where people go to exotic locations and, yeah. you know, it's five feet of snow when they're hunting and they're doing all that and everybody thinks in the back of their head, man, I'd love to go on that epic hunt. Well, you can't go on those epic hunts if you can't even, you know, stand up to some wind and rain. So test yourself, see what your limits are. Push yourself yeah. to, to be a better outdoorsman, a better hunter, a more ethical hunter and learn because every, every hunter match I've been to so far, I shit you not, I've learned something new. And yeah, yeah you should. Yeah, if you're not learning something new, that's your own damn fault. Yep. Yep. So, man, I love talking to you. We could probably talk for another hour, but I have, I have no idea for how sure. long we've been talking. But I know you got steaks on, on the, the grill over there. I know I've got dinner going over here. I appreciate you taking your time out to chat it up with me a little bit here. Um, to all of our listeners, we, we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We hope you guys uh, come out and... and Try a NRL hunter match. Tell your friends, bring your kids, bring your, your animals. I mean, you bring your dog. If you have a hunting dog or whatever, they need to get used to the sounds of gunfire. This is going to be a place that they can do all of that. You know, it's, yeah. it's a true experience. It's not just a competition. The competition is the smallest part of this. It's the experience that matters. Uh, I, I can't wait to get out there in Tennessee and, and experience some more of the South again. Oh man, I can't wait either. I just want to get it get it rolling. I wish we could do it tomorrow. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah, if you guys haven't signed up for this match, there's still spots open. NRLHunter.org. Um, it's gonna be a ton of fun. And we can't wait to see everybody out there. Uh until next time, you guys, we appreciate you guys uh, spending the evening with us or spending your, your time with us. And we hope to see you guys at a match soon. Take care. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks for having me.